What's up? I am back much earlier than expected. Uh, today is Wednesday, November 7th, 2018, and this is episode 21 of the Whistling in the Dark podcast. I am Patrick Bradley, and I am coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia. <clears throat> uh, so I wanted to do an episode. I, I was thinking of going on last night during you know the vote counting, the midterm elections. Um, but I figured that like nobody, it's not a live stream. I could live stream on <clears throat> Facebook or something, but honestly, like I don't have the, the followers to make that, I think make a lot of sense. So I decided to kind of wait until the dust settled a bit to, um, kind of talk about what happened. I, uh, did spend most of the last 24 hours uh, watching, actually more than 24 hours at this point, um, <clears throat> with that a bare minimum like Fox News or CNN playing in the uh, in the background while I worked. Uh, but I, I I watched a good bit of it, um, certainly uh, for a good chunk of yesterday from about 6 p.m. Eastern to like eight, which was uh, pretty core. And then I was following it um, on my phone as much as I could. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, so I do have some stuff to say about that. Uh, I would like to do a little, I, I, I never remember to say this in the beginning, but you can actually follow me um, on other places rather than just your podcast uh, you know, app or whatever. I have a Twitter account, Patrick J. Bradley. Uh, I have a Gab account, and Gab uh, is back up, gab.com. Um, my account is Whistling in the Dark. And you can also find me on Facebook by searching for Whistling in the Dark <clears throat> as well. Uh, so, yeah, please uh, follow me there. Uh, you know, um, you can reach out comment about the show, you send me private messages, whatever. Uh, I would really, you know, appreciate the the feedback. <clears throat> um, so today, what I wanted to talk about then was the midterms, uh, Jeff Sessions getting fired today, resigning, but at the behest of Trump. And, uh, you know, maybe talk a little bit about Gab being back up, <clears throat> but probably mostly midterms in Jeff Sessions. Um, so if you have not been following what's going on, uh, <clears throat> the midterm uh, elections, essentially, I believe the entire House of Representatives was up for re-election, possibly the whole Senate, or at least the the lion's share of it, and a uh, bunch of governor races. i uh, I'm actually not sure if it was all of them too, but a ton. So, you know, um, tons and tons of positions up. And, um, you know, as much as I cannot stand the mainstream media, I uh, <clears throat> I do find election nights to be pretty fascinating. Um, I think part of it is just my like, 
mild autism, uh, just tracking all the numbers. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, triggering that dopamine or something in me. Um, but yeah, so I definitely dig, dig following it. And, uh, it's just, it's pretty interesting. Um, just from like a number statistics standpoint, you know, as, you're seeing the numbers sort of roll in and you see, oh, this person's up, you know, 75% to 25%, but only like 10% of the votes have been counted. And you start to think, well, man, there's tons left. Like this could swing. And, and you start to look at like what, uh, you know, counties or districts or whatever have reported and how many votes. And it's like, oh, well, that's like, you know, there's a bunch of Republican counties. So there's a lot of Democrats left or, you know, whatever. Um, Anyway, uh, I actually like that. If there's like one thing I like about this whole process, I do kind of enjoy <laughs> uh, watching all of that. And um, <clears throat> since I am, I am, I'm probably basically been 100% negative about CNN uh, in the 20 previous podcasts, I would say that at least on the phone, um, I found that their app was the best, uh, the best way to follow it. I could switch around between like all the different races. I could zoom out pretty easily to like a national scale and I could get all the way down to statistics for any individual district. I could see like what, how many votes were in what percentage of the total expected that represented and also how they voted, you know, which candidate, um, so I, you know, I don't know, man, I thought, I thought it was like a pretty, uh, pretty impressive piece of software, especially they like tucked that inside of their app. I don't know if they just did it by like sort of wrapping a, a web view around because it actually is pretty similar to what is on their website. So it possibly, well, yeah, it probably was just that, that they just built a website and just made it viewable uh, inside their app. But I mean, that's, pretty nice the website was that usable or mobile anyway so but you know still fuck cnn um but they did make uh my experience last night very pleasurable uh as i sat around the fire smoking cigars with friends and looking at the races uh develop so on a high level what happened It, it seems certain that uh, the Republicans retained control of the Senate. The Democrats took control of the House of Representatives. Um, and previously, that was also uh, the majority was controlled by the Republicans. And the governor race, um, I'm not sure that it matters exactly. It, I, I mean, it's a pretty different sort of effect. Um but there were some notable, I guess, governorships that went uh, both ways. And I'm not going to remember them off the top of my head. I know Michigan is one that I believe flipped. Uh, so that was important. Um, <clears throat> a Illinois flipped. Uh, and... Um, Another, uh, but ones that flipped the other direction. So Illinois and Indiana, and I forget one other. I want to say like, shit, I should have looked this up before. <laughs> um, 
I should have looked this up before, but it was like maybe, I don't know, some other one. That, there were three that they always talked about uh, that they were pumped that switched to Democrat. Um, but there were others that went the other way, uh, in particular uh, Florida. So Florida uh, flips uh, to Republican. Uh, I mean, I guess there's still poss- possibly that was not... No, it looks like it was called, CNN's uh, calling it. So a new governor is in Florida, and that was pretty significant. They had this um, young uh, black guy that was uh, really picked up a lot of support. Uh, People dug him a lot, but apparently he was like super left wing. He wasn't like, you know, so it was pretty, uh, his, his, uh, yeah, I guess kind of bordering on that like democratic socialist and I uh, I don't know. It's pretty surprising that you know what I mean. I feel like there's so many people that moved to Florida because of the uh, no income tax, um, and that I would imagine would be dire uh, if if uh, you know he got elected. Um, Georgia was interesting. Georgia didn't flip. They have a new. Uh, well, again, this one's not called yet, but uh, Jeff Kemp was a Republican candidate, and he wound up. At this point, with 99% in, he has 50.3% of the vote. Stacey Abrams, uh, she was a very, very, like, in the media eye, like, um, all kinds of celebrities coming endorsing her. I remember people showing pictures on Facebook of Will Ferrell going door-to-door in Georgia for Stacey Abrams. But uh, she wound up not taking it. But, you know, it is is kind of interesting, um, you know, that we... That Georgia is is certainly an important state in the South, and it is definitely the South. Uh, but it looks, you know, it's kind of trending. I mean, that that is a very close race. Um, you know, so uh, what else happened? Uh, that that Beto guy, Beto O'Rourke, was going against uh, Ted Cruz for the Senate in Texas, and. Uh, Albedo lost, so that didn't happen. Um, Ohio went Republican with the governor, and I'm not sure. Neither one of them is the incumbent, so <clears throat> that might have flipped as well. But there, there were like two or three, I think, governorships that that flipped to Republican. Anyway, so at a high level, you know, um, we've been hearing in the media for months. To expect, you know, the blue wave, uh, I've said it, it's, it's, uh, it almost hurts my ears. I've heard that phrase so many times and, uh, oh man. And if you listen to Fox news last night, they said the word bellwether, I don't know, like 15 times an hour. That was, oh, it was so annoying. Like every bellwether is not one of those words that can just be in standard rotation. You know, that has to be sort of peppered in there, just a little seasoning, you know, on your language to kind of give a vibe. But you don't, bellwether, it's just, you don't use it in, in your, your regular, you know, uh, top shelf lexicon. Uh, and they, I mean, it wasn't one host. I mean, it was everybody that was on there. Anyway, so it's only if you listen to Fox News, but I am with you if that was annoying. <clears throat> anyway, so the blue wave. Uh, you know, I did a little looking and there was a lot of history in recent uh, decades. Um, 
at least the last like 20 years, maybe 30 years, but most of my life, the pattern seemed to sort of been, <clears throat> you get a, uh, you know, whatever is the party of the president, you get sort of a pushback like correction in the midterms uh, in Congress. So, you know, when George Bush was elected, the, I guess the Republicans lose a bunch of a bunch of seats and, you know, Barack Obama, same thing. I think Ronald Reagan. <clears throat> so, you know, this is pretty normal that this would happen. Um, but, you know, calling it this you know, the way it's sort of sold. And I think the, to me that there's something to be said for the de- you know, the Democrats kind of falling pretty far short that this was a pretty mild pullback. Um, in fact, it looks like the Republicans have actually gained seats in the Senate. So not, not only was there not a blue wave of any sort in the Senate, there was actually like a, a gain by the Reds the Republicans. Um, so, you know, it's it's interesting and it's not, uh, so it wasn't quite as big of a, a, a I don't know, a shit show as, as the uh, 2016 election of Donald Trump where, you know, the polls had, polls had Hillary up by like 10 points and she loses. Uh, it wasn't that bad, but, you know, it, it still was, you know, uh, it did not turn out to be, in my opinion, I, I don't see how the Democrats are feeling, you know, really great about uh, about this turnout. <clears throat> and, you know, they flipped a lot of seats. But like I said, it's pretty standard. So I, I wouldn't say uh, for uh, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think. So let's say the Republicans are going to lose something on the order of like 30 seats. Uh, in the House. And after Obama was elected this first term, the midterms, I believe they lost something like 50 or 60 seats. And then Obama turned around and was reelected again. So, you know, it's not, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't see how this spells doom in any way, but, you know, far be it from CNN to just say whatever they want to say. So anyway, uh, but, you know, we are libertarians, uh, so, you know, or anarchists, um, anarcho-capitalists, or voluntarists, uh, a lot of those categories probably didn't vote at all, and good on you, that, I, I think that, uh, that's fine, um, I, as, as much as I am a voluntarist, I still often will go out and vote in for the libertarian candidate. I mean, my my voting history is I voted for Ron Paul in like 2008 or possibly 2012. I kind of forget what well went on with him. Uh, and <clears throat> no, I I definitely voted for Bob Barr. So that was actually in 2012. Um. Yeah. So anyway, I voted like Ron Paul. Oh, maybe maybe it was Ron Paul in the primaries and Bob Barr. Look, man, I don't remember. But I the only non-libertarian I've ever voted for is Ron Paul. Uh, other otherwise, I have stayed home. And you know something else. Um, there's a bunch of like ballots, uh, 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 like amendments and stuff, like other laws they're gonna pass and. 
so I, I kind of forgot about that. So I went in to vote and uh, <clears throat> there was no, I live in a, you know, a pretty uh, black section of Atlanta. Um, I mean, Atlanta is predominantly African-American anyway. Um, and I can report that there was no like, you know, stink eyes towards me being a white man going to vote. Everybody seemed perfectly happy to kind of help me out and get me through the process. Um, so, yeah, it's something that, you know, I, I've heard Dave Smith talk about it. It's like, you know, you listen to, you know, CNN or Fox or whatever. I mean, you think people are just at each other's throat, you know, every day. But, you know, then, you know, you remember that you actually do live in this world and you go outside of your home every day and probably react, interact with other people and manage to do it peacefully and cordially, you know? I mean, we were, like, actually voting. For all they know, I might have been casting a vote for, like, the evil Kemp, you know, the super racist dude or whatever that they think he is. And, you know, nobody said boo. Nobody cared. Like, nobody... I, I don't know what's going through anybody's head, but most people are just like sitting there looking at their phones and stuff and just, you know, tired of waiting in this long ass line. And uh, yeah, I think that that's like what free people tend to do, right? Like they free people tend to not like attack everybody or attack each other. They kind of are like way more worried about putting in their own work. You know, it's like, but when the government has all these carrots dangling out there or like, oh, you know, <clears throat> they sort of can concentrate power so that then like one, you know, small action like some button I press or whatever on, on some touch screen or some touch screen checkbox I select could all of a sudden steal a bunch of money from somebody else, you know, uh, like there's... I, Anyway, uh, <laughs> I will stop going down that path. But, you know, it's uh, it's pretty chill. And we were even voting on this thing to, like, wield violence around. And still, people managed to just be, like, totally cool. Um, <clears throat> so, I did vote libertarian. The candidate's name was Ted Metz. I didn't know anything about the guy. I listened to a couple things. He looked like he had like a trash campaign. Uh, his his like presentations were laughable. Um, there's a pretty funny clip of him <clears throat> on get in a debate, and they are asking him some question. <laughs> about like saying that hey you know you say that you want to like remove such and such departments you know blah blah whatever what do you have to say what would you say to the people that like work in those departments and his response was get another job but exactly time to this response was this like fire alarm goes off so it's just like get another job and it like would not stop. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty comical, and uh, his and you know even without stuff like that, like he's sharing some, I don't know, man campaign video, and it was so bad. I mean, it yeah, it was really bad. But anyway, like I'm not voting for that guy. Basically, as a libertarian, um, you know, I uh, I think maybe. It's becoming a little bit questionable to do that now. Um, 
or possibly very questionable. You know, Gary Johnson, I did vote for Gary Johnson. Maybe that was a questionable move. I mean, because we're sort of talking about like the integrity of the party. But I I guess is like as long as to me the the person's like integrity isn't in question. And actually you could argue that also Bob Barr was like another questionable. Like that was like maybe the beginning of our move towards uh, having like more just regular Republican candidates instead of like legit libertarians. Um and uh, the yeah, so you know maybe I should question more, but I'm you know I don't I'm pretty sure Ted Metz is not that the people that I know in the like Georgia sort of libertarian area all seem to be behind the behind him, so I I wasn't too concerned. And at that point, to me, it's just logging a vote for the Libertarian Party. <clears throat> and um, you know I am a. Uh, like, yeah, like I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an anarchist, whatever, voluntarist, but, you know, I am not, like, impervious to the article of being prag, uh, article, <laughs> argument of being pragmatic. Um, yeah, I will, I will, uh, yeah, I will do that, um, or at least I'm open to it, and I, while, uh, the goal is no government whatsoever. I think that my life would be better if there were more than two parties, at least. So, you know, I'm kind of going there and I, and I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I, I, I could be wrong. I haven't thought like deeply about this. I, I guess I haven't thought deeply about it because I don't think my vote matters much one way or the other, you know, it's like, what who cares who cares if i voted for ted Metz or not like it literally doesn't matter um so you know whatever i mean i i think if everybody in georgia like voted for ted Metz, we would have been okay so you know i don't i don't think it's a big deal and if nobody voted well that would be fucking fascinating um <laughs> i mean even i mean what if like one person voted and they voted for Kemp and like this dude's gonna like try to be like the leader uh anyway so yes I did I did vote for Ted Metz and you know uh one thing I wanted to say is I heard a lot a lot about like you know a lot of people posting friends of mine the idea of like if you don't vote like you're the problem you know don't talk to me if you don't vote and all this stuff and Um, I just think that like anybody that's trying to guilt me because I voted third party or I didn't vote or something is just completely off their rocker. Uh, I mean, these are the, these are the people with the blood on their hands, right? Like these are the people allowing the like endless empire building of our military, the, you know, the drug war to control. Uh, continue to just keeping our our murder rates sky high and uh you know the fed with you know keeping supporting the fed like voting these parties in that are just like they won't even say you know the fed is like the voldemort you don't even talk about it and it's you know and it's killing the poor in the middle class it's just continually stealing from the poor in the middle class but i think like the easy one is like okay like I'm open to 
we can talk about the Fed. There's a lot of people that know a lot about economics that don't think the Fed is like this terrible thing. Okay, like so I tend not to like lead with that, although I kind of feel like it's probably the most important thing that if you got rid of the Fed and went to like a free market for money in the United States, these other things would take care of themselves because, and I think we just talked about this last episode, then the government could not just run up debt, you know, infinitely. Uh, But yeah, I tend to just sort of like lead with the wars in the Middle East. I mean, at this point, like... You know, there was a time when you could actually differentiate between the Republicans and the Democrats uh, based on their position on, you know, war, uh, but not anymore. And there was a time that you could differentiate between the Republicans and Democrats in the opposite way than it was in my lifetime, which is interesting. The Democrats used to be the war party and the Republicans were like, uh, uh, you know, the conservative were they were more like consistent conservatives and they uh were like more about like protecting our own borders and everything like that you know um but then it sort of flipped i guess with the neocons and then i guess like obama ushered in like the neoliberal era uh which hillary would have been a continuation of that but you know if anything I feel like John Donald Trump was the lesser of those in the Republican Party right now. If 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 there was one party, I would feel like if I had to pick out of those two parties on the like just sort of cherry pick the outcome as far as like our uh, external warring, I would have to pick the Republicans right now um, because Donald Trump's leading them, and while he has a you know his track records all over the place at least he has like a couple of like positive things and uh but you know by no means do i support the his policy but anyway so but back to the the main point is that you know voting for either one of these parties is voting for like the continuation of genocide and the destruction of nations so i mean (laughs) You know, I guess if I mean that, you know, that's the thing. I mean, it's the thing about like and maybe I don't know, maybe I'm being a pussy by not like holding other people's feet to the fire. But like if I acted like them, if I said, don't talk to me, you know, if you support one of the major parties, I would have like five friends in the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> like the people I know, you know what I mean? That's like everybody, you know, uh, and and I don't. I don't know, man. Like, I don't, I also don't like see it like that. Like, I do not judge somebody that, like, you know, lives in California and voted uh, yesterday for Nancy Pelosi uh, in like the same way that I would somebody that, like, knew. I, I just don't, I just think they're like clueless. I just think they're, they're like, brainwashed and i don't believe that they are consciously thinking that they're voting for this genocide um but you know that same logic should hold for pretty much everybody i mean most people actually do want the best thing for this country and they want the poor and the middle class i mean most people like almost Everybody. I mean, there's a very, very small percentage of people, I think, that like legitimately want poor people to like have a shittier existence, you know? 
it's just like a difference of of opinion or just like, you know, completely been, you know, propagandized and brainwashed into thinking that like the problem doesn't even exist. And, um, you know, that kind of brings me to what I think was the most, you know, just the saddest part of, of all of it, of all of it was just the fact that it's like I watched coverage of the entire Congress being reelected and I don't know, maybe all the governors. I mean, obviously, that they're, like, they're not involved in, in the, the war in, you know, the Middle East, but entire Congress and I uh, watched coverage, you know, for more than 24 hours and the war, anything in the Middle East was not mentioned, not mentioned once, you know, I mean, it, they were talking about, oh, what's the major issues and, and Trump like apparently was really big on the immigration stuff. And then he was also sort of talking a lot about the economy and their polling seemed to show that healthcare was actually by far the number one issue in people's minds. Um, but literally, the I don't think the word war uh, came out of anybody's mouth. I don't think the word Syria or Yemen or Iraq or Iran, I don't think it was mentioned once on CNN or Fox News. <clears throat> and it, I mean, it's just like they're so complicit in the continuation of this. It's just bananas. I mean, like, what does that mean? Like, where are we at right now? Is it just like, like, OK, like people have accepted the Fed and it's just in the background, right? Like, I'm sure there was a time where the Federal Reserve was like a big deal when it first came in. People were like, you know, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Like, what does this mean? Like, what are they doing? You know, it's like, is gold still money? Like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you had people up to that point that had lived their entire lives using gold as currency. And all of a sudden, there's this Federal Reserve that's sort of keeping gold as a currency, but they're kind of controlling it. Or I would imagine it was a big deal. I mean, I imagine people were talking about it. <clears throat> And uh, and now, I mean, it's so far in the background, it's not even mentioned. And it's unbelievably important. It's the most important thing in the U.S. economy. I mean, the, the, the like issuing of money and setting the interest rates, it's one of the few things that can actually have a global effect on the an entire economy. The entire economy uses dollars, you know, and the interest rates then in turn sort of like reverberate through the entire all the interest rates in the economy. Um, I maybe there's some stuff that's like independent of it completely. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, not, you know, not my uh, particular area of expertise, but a lot of the really important interest rates are. Uh, you know, governed by by the Fed, and certainly, like the purchasing power of the dollar is extremely important, and this is not on the table for discussion ever, ever, ever. Except, and the same thing with war when Ron Paul was in. You know, when Ron Paul was in, it was huge deal. He talked about it all the time, and once he was out, man, he was gone. I mean, you know, Donald Trump mentions it, the Fed here and there, but he's not questioning like if this is the right thing that's not a question he's just like questioning their particular 
policy, you know, they should, you know, and before he was saying, oh, man, you know, they they need to raise interest rates uh, because it's creating this new bubble. And then once he came into office, now he's saying they need to lower interest rates and how dare they and, you know, everything like that, because now he wants to ride this bubble out as far as he possibly can. You know, he's not so dumb. I mean, people that say he's stupid. I don't know. Look at that. He's smart enough to like exactly flip that position. <laughs> you know, he definitely has some grasp on how the Fed affects the economy, which is more than I can say for like most of my friends that think he's dumb. I guarantee Donald Trump understands the Federal Reserve and its effects on the economy far better than them. <clears throat> but anyway, super important. Never, ever, ever discussed. Ever. You know, no, and there is no difference between the Republicans and the Democrats, aside from a couple like scattered Republicans like Rand Paul and, you know, what used to be Ron Paul. And I would imagine like a guy like Dennis Kucinich. I mean, that's what the thing is like, even a guy like Bernie Sanders, right? Like he ain't talking about the Fed. He did, you know, I don't know if he knows what it does or if he knows why it's messed up or if he understands its effects, but he doesn't, you know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I never once have heard uh, Bernie Sanders say that he thought that we should get rid of the Fed because, you know, when you're a socialist, you need the Fed to power all these like insane spending programs from the government because you're not going to get it from taxes. So you have to just keep running up debt, you know, running up debt. And, you know, was hoping that, like, hyperinflation doesn't hit. I mean, it's eventually going to hit, but just hoping it doesn't hit while you're in office or whatever. And even if it does, you know, try to just blame somebody else. So anyway, uh, but yeah, you know, and so, like, what is going on? I mean, it's just such a, it's so sad and it's so dark. And, I mean, like that, <laughs> this gigantic election uh, whatever, just hundreds of elections going on for our federal government, and war is not on the list of topics. So, <clears throat> I don't really know, you know, what to say about that, other than it's just like a huge bummer, and I would say, like, just keep bringing it up, because I know it's hard, I know it's really hard to talk about this stuff. People are so amped up, and it is so hard to like not sound like one side or the other and just like immediately hit them and trigger them into some like just like nearly violent outburst. But I would say that the one place, man, is war because you don't sound like a Republican if you are talking about how we should totally pull out of the Middle East. And like, I don't know, man, I've had this conversation a couple times where I've had like democratic people fully like defending, attacking Afghanistan and attacking Iraq. I mean, it's like, it blows my mind. And I don't really know what it does inside their head, but I feel like at least it's like, you're shaking their shit around, man. Like, this is not a position they normally find themselves in. Like, and maybe, just maybe, they'll have that like moment of clarity, you know, where they'll just be like, what the fuck am I talking about? And, you know, and if the person's old enough to be like 
a uh, Democrat that was around when George Bush was in office. Because most of these kids, right, they have no concept of how like ridiculous stuff was with Bush in office. I mean, I mean, this dude was starting big ass wars and killing people, man. Like, you know, now that's just like run of the mill. Nobody thinks about it. But when we went from not having those wars to having them, it was huge. And the main thing that the Democrats had going was they were anti-war. And then Barack Obama comes in and he does nothing but expand this, you know, and start new wars. And granted, like he does them like a little bit more covertly with these weird CIA things, but it's uh dude it's 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 crazy to watch that and then now it's just like the thing that does not ever get discussed um and the other two things that i also think is pretty uh crazy that were like huge is like the russia collusion stuff how is it like not even it was it was literally like not mentioned up until jeff sessions uh, getting fired, which will be, I guess maybe we can use this to flow into that next topic. Um, that and North Korea, not mentioned. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't even understand. Like, I get like, there's like strategy and I would assume like this has um, to be like a choice that they made or Trump made. I don't know, man, like, you know, he he did mention one thing that, or I heard a quote from him, and I don't know exactly, but basically he was just saying that, like, fear is a better motivator, you know, so talking about good things that they've done, it's just not as good about as talking about the bad things that will happen if the Democrats get control. Yeah, so, you know, he, uh, he focused a lot on this sort of immigrant caravan thing, and uh, <clears throat> and I mean, I guess like from a political, you know, from like a real Republican, like person, like in the party, it is, <clears throat> that is probably the most troubling thing of all to them because they are worried that like the Democrats want to like bring in all these immigrants and sort of like st- stack the voting, uh, Contingent against the Republicans because most they believe that most of these immigrants are going to vote Democrat. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so so that's the uh, that's the deal with that. In um, yeah, I don't I don't know I, I don't know what else to do, but I do feel that like I am not as uh, vulnerable to being like. <clears throat> labeled like a racist Nazi or something if I am talking like anti-war. And then, you know, of course, like the war on drugs. And if somebody's like interested in economics or, you know, the Fed or anything, I mean, certainly I'm, I'm, I'm all ears for that. But, you know, I think that me taking this sort of anti-war stance is something I can do even in the teeth of like a crazy liberal rant, you know, and just say, I mean, it's, it's so sort of naked, the hypocrisy, you know, I, I remember I was on a, um, I think this was a sec, it was a second date, but it was a, a girl I'd met on like Bumble or Tinder or something. And, uh, 
you know, we were talking and, and somehow it got to politics and was like, oh, fuck, man. Like, this is a night. I mean, it's like, that is like a landmine, uh, a minefield uh, for me as a libertarian. And I'm sure, you know, you guys as well uh, with a, a woman that you don't know, like, where she's coming from. And I mean, if you're like a young female in a city, like, chances are you're liberal. So anyway, like, we're talking and, you know, she's like talking about like this like the healthcare thing and, and, uh, you know, and I, I was just saying that it's like, you know, mainly, I mean, to me, it just, the main thing, it just comes down to this, like government is violence and, you know, all this like war and, you know, everything like that. And, and, uh, like, you know, how bad it is. And, you know, and she starts talking about like, oh, well, you know, people's access to healthcare, you know, like, like she was trying to sort of like argue that this was like a bigger deal. And, and I was like, I, I was like, you like the only way that you can say that is if you value like Iraqi lives less than us lives and like a lot less because like, not only are you directly murdering them, like you're also <laughs> restricting their access to healthcare it's just we don't talk about it because they're mostly dead. But the living people, like, yeah, their healthcare system's actually all fucked up too. You know? I mean, it's, it's such a fucking absurd, like, argument. I, I again, like, couldn't remember. I remember this old guy, I was tall, older guy, like Democrat lawyer I'm talking to. Him defending, like, attacking Afghanistan. I mean, just sounded like a neocon. That was one of my more, like, mind-blowing moments. And this, this girl, like, you know, whatever, 32, 30-year-old woman, well-educated, you know, smart. <clears throat> Somehow thinking that, like, how we set up our healthcare system here is, like, has the potential for, like, being more important than like murdering people all over the Middle East, the millions, you know, the fucking millions starving in Yemen right now. Like, I mean, you're the, like, it's like, yeah, man, like this is like, they are like levels and levels down below that. You know what I mean? You're killing them and you're fucking starving them. You're destroying their fundamental infrastructure, you know? I don't know. And it's just, but like, again, she's not a bad person. She's just fucking like brainwashed. It's just propaganda. She hears it fucking constantly. And this is like, uh, this was before Trump, I believe. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. I, I don't know. But I mean, now, you know, that chick, I guarantee that like last conversation, <laughs> that was our last date, uh, you know, that one night conversation with me, the odds of that having her opened her eyes are like fucking zero, man, because she fucking turns on CNO and she goes home. And then she's like reminded, yes, yes, oh, he's a white racist, white racist, white male privilege, like that's the evil thing. Not actual murder. Murder isn't the evil thing. We won't even say war. You know, you just won't hear it. You'll just, it will just seep out of your brain and eventually be replaced. You know, that like healthcare and trans bathrooms are the, that's what matters more than anything. 
nothing can be worse. Like you are an actual Nazi if you don't want to force business owners to create unisex bathrooms. You know, you're an actual Nazi. I heard somebody else talk about Tibet said the Republican Party is a party that supports actual Nazis, which one of my earlier episodes was talking about how actually the Obama administration supported actual Nazis <laughs> in uh, uh, Ukraine. Right. I mean, what the fuck, man? I, you know, but nobody knows anything. You know, it's just like a bunch of brainwashed idiots just fucking screaming at each other. So anyway, I don't know what you do, right? Like, I, I don't know what you do. You make a podcast and you talk about it. I guess if you got the balls enough to talk to your friends, like, honestly, it's easier to talk in a podcast because I don't have to deal with fucking triggered lunatics that are just like brainwashed <laughs> to hate me. Uh, you know, I, it's probably also because it's not very popular. So, but, you know, hey, maybe that'll change. Um, yeah, because I mean, I would each. I bet you'd be scared to share this around, right? Because they're going to fucking say you're a Nazi if you share this. This this podcast would get you labeled as, as a Nazi, get you kicked off fucking social media, you know? And what's the message here? What's the message? The message is end wars, right? Stop killing people. End the war on drugs. Stop putting people in jail for nonviolent uh, crimes, Victimless crimes. I, I mean, not, I don't mean nonviolent, right? I mean, you could steal stuff. That's pretty bad. It doesn't have to be violent. But victimless crimes, like there's no, a victimless crime is like like that's just like a nonsense phrase, right? There just cannot be a crime if there's no victim. And if you smoke a joint, there's no victim. So whatever, man. Anyway, so uh, what else? So the other thing um, that happened then, you know, after these elections, uh, and I, I don't know. So what's the effect? I guess real quick, uh, it, it, what's the effect of these elections? I don't really know. I mean, the governors obviously have big effects on their people, right? Like if uh, this Stacey Abrams got elected in Georgia. I mean, I they she's talking about assault weapons pans. She's talking about like universal health care or something in, in Georgia or like nearly universal health care, like everybody but the 1% is what I heard. Uh, there would be major changes, you know, and like I'm sure, you know, how are you going to fund it? Well, we're going to have to jack up taxes and... You know, I, I I don't know. Not not saying she would get any of that stuff passed. I've no I've no clue. But it would definitely be pretty different, you know. So the governors, like, I mean, now you're getting closer to home, you know. Uh, like Florida, they narrowly dodged having this like democratic, almost democratic socialist guy. So those all matter. But then, as far as the Senate is uh, getting more Republican, um, I the only thing I hear is like I think it helped. Uh, there's certain types of like there there's just certain duties that are like sort of assigned to the Senate and assigned to the House. And the Senate, I believe, is the one that confirms judges. So it's gonna be even easier to keep doing it. And uh, you know, there's there's like an outside uh, a friend of mine keeps mentioning that like this Ginsburg is a Supreme Court justice, very old, uh, probably not you know going to pass away in this term. But if Ju if Trump got reelected, uh, you know, it could matter um, that that they have this sort of even more control. Uh, but he also appoints a bunch of other judges and stuff. So. Um, and like the big thing, I guess, that I hear with the Senate, I mean, obviously now like passing anything, you know, through, I mean, the, the, 
the Republicans couldn't do it when they had full control. So I don't see, you know, I don't even know that that's really going to change anything. But now the Democratic controlled Congress, I mean, I, I don't know, like probably just like gridlock, which is which is fine. I mean, and, unless you believe that they would actually be repealing stuff. But, you know, to me, like gridlock just sort of slows the growth of the Leviathan. So I guess it's it's probably better to have it sort of split up like this. Um, but there's like they could also uh, impeach. Trump and I was reading about it just to get like the terminology correct, and actually the House can impeach Trump. Uh, they actually do do the impeachment all by themselves. That doesn't mean he would be out of office. Impeachment is basically just I think it's just like making the articles of impeachment and basically just saying this is what he did. This is what we what we're accusing him of, and then I guess like the House would vote if they all agreed on it. And and then technically then Trump would have been impeached, but he's still president until at that point, I think it has to go through the Senate and then the Senate like tries him. So he would never actually get kicked out of office, but, you know, they could impeach him. And apparently like they can do all this investigating and stuff. So it could just be like a total boondoggle of like, you know, I. I'm not sure how they could do it anymore. I mean, Trump's literally been constantly under investigation since the day, probably before he even set foot in office. Um, and so, yeah, so I guess that's like it. I, I uh, The only thing I hear them talking about is like, oh, we can like, you know, work together on infrastructure and then finding some kind of like immigration reform so maybe those two things happen but whatever you know compared to like genocide in the middle east it's just you know not really moving the needle for me um but i would it would be nice if somehow having this split and have the democrats having a little bit of feeling like they have a little bit of power again maybe they will like chill out a little bit um because it's the other thing you hear it's like whether it's pelosi or trump or whomever talking it's like they always somehow mention how divisive the other side is. And it's it's like, I don't know, man, it's both of you guys. I, I mean, obviously, like, to me, I hear it much more from the left. The left seems, like, way angrier and, like, way more divisive. But, like, there's definitely no doubt that Trump is also, like, speaks in a very divisive manner as well. So, I mean, I don't know. It's like both sides. I mean, there's there's no way you could convince me that like one side is not like 50% responsible uh for what's going on and and for like the the sort of climate of the nation and just how like antagonized everybody is all the time. Um so yeah, so then the other big thing that happens the very next day is Jeff Sessions resigns uh and he resigned at the behest of trump trump wanted him out and <clears throat> so apparently and like I, I honestly man like this whole like mueller stuff and everything like there's a lot of names that i don't like pay much attention to and um i i, I don't really know exactly what i mean I, I guess like sessions is like a deep state guy maybe one thing i can say for sure that we like that we would like is that sessions was like a big war on drugs guy uh, and so like good riddance to this motherfucker, because that is a big deal. Like to me, like the war on drugs is up there with like the war, the external wars in importance. I mean, it's like, 
you know, fucking, I don't know, how many deaths, how many murders a year in the U.S.? 10,000? That's a lot, man. That's a lot, you know? You're talking 100,000 people every 10 years, you know? That's like almost war numbers. You know, it's crazy. <clears throat> and, um, you know, so we got... I mean, and, and and honestly, like the war on drugs ending, I mean, we're actually making progress, right? Like they actually are legalizing weed, which isn't the whole thing, but you know, good God, if the one thing that like people should agree on is that like nobody should be in prison for like growing or smoking or selling weed. I mean, that's just insane. So um, anyway, so yeah, so session sucks for that for sure, and I don't really know. Uh, I'm not the I'm not the the best guy here. Um, but I know that like like so yeah, there's like some weird stuff. Like sessions like recused himself from the Mueller investigation because of like not giving him something or whatever. Um. And, but like a big thing is just like, whatever happened, why is like the attorney general, why did they stop looking into Hillary Clinton stuff? You know, like there's some like major scandals there. Um, and, you know, that never happened. And so um, there's a lot of question with that. But anyway, uh, so, so this dude is out and they put in Matthew Whitaker is the interim. Uh, Matthew Whitaker is a former football player in Iowa who rose there to become a federal prosecutor and a chief of staff at the Justice Department, had been considered for a variety of jobs in the Trump administration. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, he played for the Iowa Hawkeyes. That's cool. And uh, so I did find one thing... Um, <laughs> or a couple of the, the responses to this were pretty funny. Senator Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat from New York, vowed to protect Mueller, saying it would create a constitutional crisis if Sessions' departure was a prelude to ending or greatly limiting Mueller's investigation. Um, so it's interesting because I think Sessions like formally was supposed to have the oversight of the Mueller investigation, and... Um, and then he recused himself, so I don't really know what was going on or who was like supposed to be overseeing it. If that after the attorney general, um, so I guess there would be back to like the normal situation where the attorney general has oversight. Um, but I talked to a friend of mine as well, and uh, as far as like this idea of like uh, he's a he's a lawyer, and the the idea that this would be a constitutional crisis. I mean. I'm, I just was thinking, like, where in the Constitution is, like, anything about this? Like, an FBI investigation of a president? Like, I'm pretty sure the Constitution says jack shit about the FBI. I mean, maybe they fall into some of one of the classifications of something that the Constitution talks about. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm not sure that we would, I, you know without him sort of being specific, like exactly what part of the Constitution are you thinking may be violated here? Um, I think it's just, you know, more just like fucking vague inflammatory bullshit from some dumbass Democrat. Uh, and um, he said, I find the timing very suspect. And then House, Mi House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi Democrat from California. So, you know, we got to have New York and you got to have California way in. 
Because God, my, what would the nation, you know, how would they know how to react if we don't get our fucking marching orders from, from these two places? Uh, they called, uh, Nancy Pelosi called Trump's move a clear effort to derail the Mueller probe. So this was the, this was the thing about, about all of that that I found, like, that just doesn't hold any water. Like, so Pelosi, so it's try, uh, is obviously connected. So she's saying that, that this move is connected to the Mueller investigation. Then, you know, and, you know, and Schumer, the questioning, the timing or whatever. And it's, but then if that is true, then like, why now? Like, it makes no sense, right? Like, why why didn't he do it yesterday or the day before or the day before that or the day before that i mean there's no like there's like to question the timing of this like you would have to be fucking retarded to not connect it to the midterms right <laughs> like we just had the midterm elections they just got like his big you know he got big control over the senate i mean there's got to be like some connection to that you know Maybe he didn't want to fire Sessions before the midterms, you know? Maybe that would have been, like, a weird signal to send out there. Uh, but maybe he's been wanting to do this for, like, a while. And, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, maybe, like, part of it is the, uh, like, his connection with the Mueller investigation. But maybe, like, the other part is the stuff that Trump actually says. Like, he's, it's not like he's been, like pulling punches with what he thinks. He's called him, the, he refers to him, uh, he says stuff like there's, uh, Trump quotes that like I don't have an attorney general anymore. He felt like he doesn't have an attorney general. He calls him his beleaguered attorney general, right? I mean, he just like he doesn't like the guy. He's given a million reasons. He said, "Why aren't you investigating Hillary Clinton?" Like, why are those not the reasons? I mean, it's not like you know he's like pretending or it's just saying like oh i you know people leave all the time and they barely even give reasons like and sometimes you don't even know i mean i have to, obviously attorney general is pretty important probably have some reasoning but uh like there's definitely no like shortage of trump quotes where he's like attacking jeff sessions directly like directly telling you why he's not happy with him and to me, like, the timing isn't suspect. The timing is he wanted to wait till after the midterms. I mean, it just seems like as simple as that. So, uh, yeah, those are the uh, the big topics. And um, so uh, more power to you if you didn't vote. You know, if you didn't vote, then at least you didn't, like, contribute, you know, or, like, back one of these you know, empire building parties. Uh, and, and if you did, I hope you voted libertarian or some other, you know, libertarian like third party. There's not much, there's like the constitutional party or whatever. And, um, and if you voted <coughs> Republican or Democrat, man, I hope you had a good fucking reason. Uh, because they are going to co-sign the rape and continued rape of the Middle East. Uh, so yeah, man, you know, uh, praise be to me for getting out an episode. This is like two episodes in four days, I believe. Not bad, not bad. So please uh, share this around. Uh, follow me on Twitter if you'd like, Patrick J. Bradley. Uh, and you can find me on 
Facebook or Gab uh, by searching Whistling in the Dark. Uh, yeah, man, send me a message. Tell me what you think. And I will uh, talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.